Lord, we thank you for the miracle that is your church. In so many ways, uh, it, it couldn't happen in nature, left to its own devices, but it happens as a response to you and your spirit. We want to hear what you have to say to us as your church this morning. In your precious name. Amen. So last week we did look at uh, the first 11 verses of this passage in Corinthians 12 and we looked at uh, the different gifts and the diversity of them and all that kind of thing. And you might remember there were three things that I said about spiritual gifts. I'll remind you just in case you weren't here. The first one is they tend to point to Jesus. So they, they tell us about Jesus. Okay. The second one was they are conducted in a manner consistent with the Holy Spirit. So they're non-coercive, they're non-manipulative, they're empowering, they, they build you up, that kind of thing. And the third one, anyone know the third one? What's that? <laughs> the third one is that they build the body. Okay, so if it just seems to uh, make someone look good on their own, probably not the best use of a spiritual gift, but they tend to build the body so everyone becomes stronger as a result of the exercise of the spiritual gifts. And we're looking particularly at the third one today because we're going to look at the body and the way the body functions and what it means to build the body. Because this sense of body is something that's once upon a time, I think it was more obvious to us. Once upon a time, it was really obvious that we couldn't survive on our own. We needed clumps of committed people around us so that our species would survive. Just so we could survive in the wilds of the world. Like when you're born, you cannot fend for yourself. So you need parents to look after you and they need people around them to help them while they're looking after a very vulnerable child. We're very different to a lot of other animals. A lot of animals, they come out of the, the birth process, whatever it is, and very, very quickly, in a matter of days or weeks, some in cases months, at most maybe a year, they're right. They can look after themselves and fend for themselves. But human beings, you know, we've four, five, six, seven years. I mean, how soon can you send someone down a coal mine? They've got to be at least seven or eight. You know what I mean. So we need each other. We need groups of people. And I think this um, actually became even sharper for Paul because it, it, in a slightly different way, you might remember Paul's conversion story. He was a Pharisee and he went out seeking to find Christians and putting them to death for uh, being unfaithful to the way of Judaism. And when he had his conversion experience, he heard a voice saying, Saul, which was his pre-conversion name, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? And the voice tells him that he is Jesus. And so there's a very direct connection for Saul, for Paul, that the people who he was murdering were the body of Christ. So there's that element happening for Paul as well. And so he has a very keen sense that the body of believers is actually the body of Christ. And we 
we do well to be uh, to discern the body, which again we'll do next week as we gather around communion. Without a community to protect and provide for the vulnerable, infants and others in our community wouldn't survive and in fact the species would eventually not survive. Today it's easier to be deluded into thinking that we can survive just as individuals because we subtly connect in all sorts of ways and there's supply chains around us that feed in what we, we need and we don't necessarily need to be conscious of the ways that we are connected to other people. But in the body of Christ, that is really, really important. Um, So, sense your corporality with the other people here. You need them and they need you. The body is made up of many members. And this is a bit difficult because every extra person you add to a group of a relationship group makes it exponentially more complicated. So if you've got one person, it's easy, right? Get two people, well then they've got to talk with each other. Add a third, then the relationships get more complicated. Add a fourth and every person you add adds relational complications. We're a very complicated and uh, various parted body kind of thing. Bodies, by their very nature, are complex organisms. It can be no other way. Without uh, the variety and the complexity that exists in our bodies, the the human body wouldn't be able to function as well as it does. I mean, just take, for example, the immune system in a body. Now, this is such a complex system, and so complex, in fact, that it often goes wrong for people, but for lots of people it doesn't, which is actually the miracle. It's such a complex system because it's a system whereby the body attacks other parts of things that are in the body that are threatening other parts of the body. Like I don't even understand it, but I know that's what the immune system does. You, you have a virus or a bacteria that comes in and it, that comes part of your body and then other parts of your body come and attack it and there's a war going on inside you. It's really, and they restore the balance for what's good for the survival of the whole body. It's very complex. This is how we work. We're wonderful. So not every part of the body is all the same and not every part of the body of Christ is all the same either. I mean, look around you. Look at the odd people that have gathered here this morning. (laughs) And let me tell you, we're actually quite homogeneous compared to the body of Christ worldwide because... As human beings, we like to gather with people we think are like us. It makes us feel more comfortable. We think that we understand the other person better and we think that they understand us better and we're less aware of the immense diversity that exists even in this group of people. We like to gather. It's, it's natural for human beings to gather with people they think are like them. It's supernatural for human beings to gather with people who are not just like them. And that's the body of Christ. When we gather because of our faith in Christ, there is a diversity that, in a way, no other principle can draw that diversity together. We're innately fearful of difference, and so we will resist that in our instincts. But Christ calls us together, and that increased diversity is actually a real strength. It's complex, 
it's got to be well understood and you know navigated is the word I'm thinking of but there you are it's a supernatural thing for people who are different to gather together as the body but it's critical that we have this difference in our midst it's critical um, Paul you get little uh, insights into Paul's sense of humor and he says, you know imagine if the whole body were just a foot or feet you know that's not a uh, I think Monty Python might do something like that, but it's, it's clearly a joke. It doesn't work, does it? We, we need all these different bits and pieces to make the whole work well. And you don't want everything to be a one thing. Like, it'd be ridiculous for everyone clamouring to be the eyes because then you just have eyes, you know? It wouldn't work. We need that difference and diversity. It's absolutely critical. And each part makes its contribution. So the eyes see and the ears hear and the nose smells and the the mouth can taste and speak and the tongue does all sorts of clever things and feet help you stand up. Big toes, you really, really need big toes. Otherwise we don't stand properly. And opposable thumbs, you know. Every part plays its part so that we can be the incredible functioning body that we are. And like that, every part plays its part so the body can be the incredible functioning body of Christ that we are. And so for this to happen well, we need to embrace otherness. And again, this is one of the things that we find most challenging So we get the concepts, right? We get that we're not all the same and we need the difference and all that sort of stuff. But to really be well integrated, we have to welcome that which is different from us. Now, I don't know about you, but that just makes me tired. It's hard sometimes to embrace that which you're not familiar with. It takes an effort to seek to understand the other And as they speak to you at first, you kind of, it doesn't fit within your frame of understanding, and you might be going, is this person living in another world or speaking a different language, a whole different value system? Their whole life experience doesn't square with mine. What's going on here? And at that point, we have a choice. We can go, (laughs) very nice, okay, bye. Or we can engage. We can actually listen really well and seek to understand and start to see the relative nature of our own experience and our own understanding. And that's uncomfortable for us. And it's very demanding. But that's part of the process of really being profoundly integrated with a diverse body. It takes time. If you're in a a long-term relationship, whatever relationship it is, It takes time to get to know the other person. And in fact, one of the scary things about that process is you find out the other person is not who you thought they were. And then it gets even scarier because if you go into that process really well, you find out you are not who you thought you were. And all sorts of new things become apparent. And then we become aware that otherness is part of our body as well. There's things in us we're still discovering, which I think is part of the wonder of life. If, if it doesn't scare you too much, you can embrace it and it makes life more interesting and exciting. So, otherness is absolutely critical in the body. 
We know what happens when a gene pool gets too diminished. Um, heard about the way they breed dogs and they try to get really good pedigree and all these stupid dogs come out because they haven't got a diverse enough gene pool. We don't want to be like that, do we? No. We need to continue to develop our capacity to accept otherness. And that's what um, helps us to belong. We need to accept that the diversity belongs in the body of Christ. So accepting that means accepting that you belong because some of us have that struggle. Some of us feel like we never belong personally. We just always feel like an outsider or that everyone else is in the in-group and we're on the outside. Accepting otherness, part of that is accepting that you belong. You are part of this body too and that the body needs you no matter how different you might think you are. That's critical. And it also means accepting that the person next to you belongs, no matter how different or strange or unfamiliar they are to you. They belong as well. It means accepting those people you don't understand also belong. And accepting those people you don't much like, they also belong and it might be that you don't know them well enough yet or perhaps they're just struggling in their journey and they've got a lot to learn too but they still belong and you know there are some more presentable bits and less presentable bits there are some stronger parts of the body and more vulnerable parts of the body and we do treat them differently have you noticed that I hate to break this to you but there are some unpresentable bits of you And we are grateful that when you come here, you don't present them. Enough said. (laughs) And there is a sense in which we look after the body for the sake of the whole. And we understand those things. And we do what's required so that the body can do what it needs to do. And we, we carry the whole together for the sake of the whole together. That's what we do. There's sometimes when we want to dissociate ourselves from our less presentable bits. Have you ever heard a child say when they get in trouble for kicking somebody, oh, it was my foot that kicked them? Have you heard kids do that? My kids do that. And we want to dissociate ourselves from the guilty party. It's like, I didn't kick, it was my foot. It's got a mind of its own, it just does its thing. (laughs) And we understand that because... We know that something has happened that's unacceptable and so we want to be on the side of those who find it unacceptable. So we have to separate ourselves from the culprit, which is the foot. And as adults, we can hear the, the, the folly of that, you know. The foot doesn't have a mind of its own, you kick them, you know. In the body, we sometimes do that too. We find something unacceptable and so we want to distance ourselves and we pretend like... That is no longer part of the body. I'm sorry, you're not, you're not with us. And it's every bit as foolish as the child saying their foot isn't part of the body. I put it to you. It's a natural desire to distance ourselves from that which we find hard to accept. It's a supernatural desire to resist that instinct and embrace the unacceptable. Now, I know that's challenging and we need to think about how we do that, but I think that's part of the call 
for us in the body. We need every member. And this is the trick. We're prone to think we need certain people, high-functioning people, people that know how to make a way in the world, people who can get us the resources we think we need. That's all so obvious. What we miss so often is we actually need those bits that we might deem to be the weaker parts because they challenge our assumptions. They take us to new places. They expand our heart. They help us to see that which we would never see on our own because they live in a world that we do not inhabit and they can expand our capacity to enter life more fully, more richly, more abundantly. We need every part of the body. So, so important. So next time you find yourself at church with someone who you feel is quite different to you, ask yourself what you could discover about life as you interact with them. What new things might you discover as you find out about them and hear the world from their point of view and engage with them and hear what they say to you and what goes on inside of you as you do that? Consider whether there's anything you might be able to offer them from your own journey. How might you be a blessing to this person? And it might be as simple as listening, often is in these situations. In these ways, we can continue to grow and strengthen one another, accepting one another and building the body of which we are all vitally a part. And so we'll get bigger and stronger and richer and able to bless more and more. Now, there's so much more in that passage from Paul that I haven't even touched on, but we've got a train to catch. So we're going to leave it there. And uh, next week, Ian is going to tell you a more excellent way. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the mystery that is our own bodies and the mystery that is the body of Christ, that you call us not to be simply individuals, but you call us to participate in your work in the world and we do that with others and we can only do that with others. Help us to go more deeply into that mystery and that reality every day. And as we gather together in places like this and as we gather this afternoon with Philip and Rachel and the family, help us to build one another, to be a blessing to one another, to really be present to one another and to discover the wonders that we haven't yet seen about being the body of Christ to the glory of your name. Amen.